You're about to listen to a message from the LifePoint Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. All right, please let's make welcome Demilade as he joins me here on stage. Hi, Bishop. We call Demilade our bishop here. The only bishop. I fought against that for so long. It's come to stay. <laughs> Not sure there's much you can do about it. Hello, everyone. How are we doing this morning? My fans. <laughs> My fans. Sausage roll for you. I've said so. Okay, so um, we'll get into the word. Like I said earlier, we're speaking about divine direction. And so I'm just trying to find. Okay. So, Jehovah, which way? I found that quite an interesting <laughs> message title, you know. Uh, but the reality is that's a question we are always asking. Which way God? Which way Jehovah? Which way Abba? Um, whether it's in relationship, whether it's in your business, whether it's in your career, your profession, you know, whether it's about your family, you're like, God, which way? How, we move, how, how are we moving? I think the biggest question, though, since... Um, the pandemic has been which, which country? <laughs> Jehovah, which country? <laughs> you know, um, but the, the conversation around divine direction is extremely important. I've seen in the course of my very short number of years um, serving God, one of the big questions I get asked has to do with divine direction. Like, how do I know when God is speaking how do I know um, what he wants me to do exactly? How am I sure that it's really not my, my personal inhibitions? It's not my preferences. It's not my emotions that are... I don't, in fact, people have asked me, how am I sure it's not my mind that is speaking to me? You know, um, Especially when it comes to issues that you are very involved in. You know, It's easier to hear maybe... If, maybe for someone who doesn't really like money like that, like that, an investment decision, um, yeah. But for someone who's like, man, every penny matters. Do I have to go and ask God? Uh, look, another question I find people ask often is, what does, what should God, what should I ask God? Do I have to ask God everything, including what I will wear? Anyway, so we're going to talk about divine direction this entire month, and I'm, I'll be having. Um, some of our amazing pastors and leaders just joined me in the conversation um, this month. So, uh, I saw an interesting definition of divine direction. Someone says it's acting in full compliance with the directives of the Holy Spirit. Let's talk about that a bit. Full compliance. This isn't half. This isn't like partial obedience. It is fully being led by the Spirit of God. In, in summary, that is what it means to, to enjoy divine direction in whatever area of your life it is. And um, a scripture in Romans 8, 14 to 17. Can we read that together? Is it possible to have it up on screen? Or just reference your gadgets or your Bibles? Romans 8 from verses 14 to 17. Let's read together the NKJV translation. One to go. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. So I, I love the first verse, um, and that has been one of my very key scriptures since I got born again. Why? Because it's a very strong reminder of who I am, my identity. It says, as many as are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. If you want to flip that scripture around, you will say, the sons of God are those that are led by the Spirit of God. Essentially, that's what it means. So I want us to talk through um, that a bit. What the scripture is saying that is, if you are a child of God, by default, you must be led by the Spirit of God. 
But you and I know that that's not always the case. There are other things that lead us or drive us. Let me use the word drive in this instance. There are other things that drive us, like our emotions, you know, anger, fear, jealousy. Uh, sometimes it's just popular culture. This is what everybody's doing. Everybody's jackpying, so let me follow and jackpot. Everybody's, you know, working in investment banking right now. That seems to be the fad. Or tech bros, you know, let me get in that space. And we have so many, a number of us have made decisions based on popular thinking, popular culture, and, and, and things like that. There's also greed, greed and desperation. There's quest for fame and fortune. Uh, and of course, there's the divine purpose. I want us to talk about the drivers a bit. Uh, and I would like for you to, because we, one of the things we've decided to do this month is to make it as practical as possible. So we'll use biblical examples and we'll also use our own personal examples. So which of these has been a major driver for you at some point in time in your life? So uh, I feel like when I start snitching on myself, now people are, like, ah, people are calling this guy bishop. But um, the truth about it is for me, I found that God is just one of the sources that I consult when I'm making decisions. Um, so I'll give a classic example. I woke up this morning, and my initial thought was, okay, we'll pray. But I don't know that it was because, I want to, be, I want to just try and be careful here. I don't know that it was because I heard God say, pray. It was something that tradition has led me to do. Um, when I was done praying, I went and I, you know, took my shower at a certain time of the day. I don't know that it was because I asked God for permission. Mm. It was because my own personal preference is to take a shower at a certain time. So I'm just talking about in the, in the microcosm of my day, I'm finding more and more that God is not the primary source for my decision making. It is tradition. It is personal preference. It is popular culture. Like, for instance, now, um, the way I dress. I, I don't know that it's not every day I ask God, oh God, what should I wear? There are days when I'm just like, ah, I was watching this video and I saw one guy wearing pink trainers. Next week, pink trainers. Jonas, so, so, and there are many things like that. Even the way, way we speak, the slangs we use, the conversation methods, the, it is all, a lot of it is dictated by what we see, feel, and hear. And that is primarily how we are driven is by our senses. Um, and it, it is antithetical to being led by the Spirit of God because being led by the Spirit of God is being led by spiritual sensitivity, not physical sensitivity. So today I was cold, I wore a shirt on top of my T-shirt. But actually, that is a conversation I should be having with God to say, sir, T-shirt or, or button-up shirt. I mean, I know it sounds ridiculous. Isn't that, is, that, is that a good use of God's time? <laughs> no, good question. Good question. So, and it's interesting because I've just helped somebody ask that question. Because they're like, seriously? God, give me a brain. Why Bishop, I can you stopping? just shift? Let me ask. Borrow me your time <laughs> slot with God and watch me utilize it effectively, you know? Um, but hey, guys, remember the scripture we read. It says, they that are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. Now, I, I would use myself as a parent. I have my daughters in the room. Um, and I know that I get quite irritated with certain questions that they ask me. Yeah, like, mommy, should we have milk in our cereal? Mm -mm. You can just eat it like that. You don't need me, you know? Or, you know, and... So I'm like, God, when you've had that type of experience, sometimes you want to just... Now, if you leave it to my kids, they can ask God anything. They can ask God anything. Why? Because they are used to being able to ask. Plus, the questions that make sense, ah, I have to be very careful here because they are in the room and they will take me up on it. I was about to say, and the questions that don't make sense, but I know they will come back for me. But you get the point, guys. They can because as parents, when, especially when your kids are at a certain age, you indulge them, right? Oh, mommy, so if I mix red and green together, what's oh, red and, what, 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 how do we get orange again? Red and yellow. If I mix it red and yellow together, what if I put green in there, you know? Or what if I, you know? And you're like, oh, that's why we pay school fees, so that your teachers can answer these questions. But you indulge them, you smile nicely, especially when they are young. I feel like sometimes when I engage God, I'm like, God, there are some questions that 
I should not be asking you. Why? Because by reason of having my senses exercised, by reason of maturity, I should know. Right? Does that make sense? So I hear when Bishop says, asking, I ask God what to wear. I ask the Holy Spirit what to wear. And let me explain why. Now, it depends on where I'm going to. <laughs> it, depends on, it depends on the occasion, the function. I need to look a certain way. One of the things that the Holy Spirit has been able to help me do over time as just, and I know it sounds very, <laughs> in world problems, children are dying of hunger. You're talking about what you will wear, your wardrobe. Now, I have learned, again, by reason of relationship, that God is mindful of everything that has to do with me. And, of course, you. He wants to be involved in the detail. He wants to be involved in the detail. So while they're big, uh, and if you've not trained yourself to be able to engage God in the little things, how will you hear him when it comes to marriage? We think God is only for the big things. He wants to be able to speak to you in the big things and in the little things. Now, if just by reason of God, should I put on a shirt or my, and I, I, again, it sounds funny. I will put, I will not need to, personally, I will not ask God if I should wear a shirt or my shirt because it's cold. Whether it's cold, I'll protect myself, right? Now, let's assume he was going for a, 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 this thing and there was a nudging in his heart, don't wear a pink shirt, wear a white shirt. And I've seen that happen like well. Because you, you then show up at an interview, and you, uh, an interview um, scenario, an interview place, and you find that the person who's leading that interview is just simply very impressed with how impeccably dressed you are. You didn't overdo it. It was just perfect. And it sort of opens a doorway of favor to conversations that veer from maybe core technical stuff, even to just asking about your personality, your, your dress style, your sense of... I've seen these things happen, guys. Again... Being led, God is involved in the detail. He wants to, he wants to be a part of it. I, let me give you an example. During Accelerate Conference, I, in my mind, I'm not sure. I, anyway, I sort of had what I was going to wear in my head, yeah, and I followed that dress, um, what I believe I was led to just put on. The shoes I wore on the first day, I was going to go on stage. You all know me. I like my sneakers. I wore the shoes. The shoes were fine. At least they didn't look like they had any issues. But as I, as I was about to leave home that day, the Holy Spirit said to me, take your other flat shoes. I was like, these shoes are comfortable enough. So in my head, I was trying to explain it to say, okay, maybe my feet would start to hurt at a particular point in time because the conference was starting in the evening. I'd have been in those shoes all day or whatever. Is that it? I obeyed and I took the shoes. Lo and behold, 6.25, I was about to enter into the auditorium and my shoe just opened out. And I was going to go on stage, you know. So immediately I just called my driver, please meet me up, help me bring my shoes, blah, blah, blah. And I changed. Just simple obedience. And I, was, I kept saying to myself, if I did not bring, how would I have done it? You just go, you leap up to the stage. <laughs> no, like bad opening. Like the shoe are not, like bad opening. There's no way nobody will see, as in, I'll have to be looking for a shoe to borrow. You know, it would have been very distracting as well. You get, like, I would be so flustered by that that I probably might even just say, you know what, guys, I'm sorry, I can't go upstage or whatever. I have like a major shoe problem. I would disrupt the agenda. You know, listening to God, even in the little things, guys, is everything. It's, it's a lifesaver. And I, I have a ton of examples to share in that regard. But God is mindful. So if you've trained your spirit, now there's a scripture in Proverbs 20, 27. It says, the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. A translation references it as the spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord, searching the inward parts of the belly. I was thinking I was going to be able to come here with a candle, but imagine, you, know, you all know what a candle looks like, right? It says our human spirit is the candle, you know, that lights up our life. That's so the, the spirit of God interacts with our human spirit to give us direction to guide us in our decision-making process to, you know, ensure that our consciences are on the, straight, uh, on the path of the straight and narrow. So sometimes you and I, um, we, we, we ask ourselves, oh, my conscience is telling me. It's actually the Spirit of God that is guiding you in a particular direction and trying to prevent you from harm and things like that. So your human spirit connects with the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God um, works on your human spirit, regenerates it um, by reason of the relationship that you now have with Christ. There's a conversation we're having, you know, yesterday where we're talking about... Um, 
can everybody hear God? And I'd like us to talk about it because I find that these are questions we ask anyway. Can everybody, that is every human, do, does every human being have the capacity to hear God? So this is one of those questions again that people ask and, and I'm going to just take a stab at this. Um, the, the, answer, the short answer to it is yes. The short answer to it is yes. I think part of the problem for us is that we haven't learned to distill the voice of God out of all the distractions that are happening in the world. So everybody has the distinct ability to hear God. Believer or unbeliever. Wait, let me, so let me put this to you. When we see amazing innovation come out into the world, people like Steve Jobs, who, people who we know are not Christians, where do you think that innovation is coming from? You hear stories about how, you know, one scientist was sleeping or something, and then all of a sudden, he woke up, and he just saw a sketch in his, in his mind, and he wrote it down, and then he wrote down the theory or whatever, and it became this theory that is the basis for everything we're doing right now. It is hearing God. That is God speaking to them and them being able to grasp it in the moment. So everybody has the distinct... As a matter of fact, I want to put it to you this way. You are designed to hear God. Don't let anybody lie to you and tell you that you cannot hear God. You are uniquely designed by God with the distinct ability to hear his voice. And here's the other thing. People will tell you that, ah, oh, you know, uh, because you are you're an unbeliever or maybe you just gave your life to Christ that you cannot hear God. And this is a story I was telling Pastor Busola. Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, they were designed to hear God. They were listening to God. They were interacting with God on a daily basis. The Bible tells us that after they sinned, God came down in the cool of the day and said, he says, Adam, where are you? You would think that because Adam had sinned, his ability to hear God would have been shut off. But even at the peak of sin, when sin was brought into the world, at its very, very worst, Adam still had the distinct ability to hear God. So believe me, you are designed with the full capability to hear God. The question now is, are you hearing God clearly? And that is typically where we come into this, you know, contention is, did I, am I sure I heard God? Or did I mind, hear the full? Is it my mind speaking to is me? Is it my mind speaking to me? Is it, you know, did, you know, so, I've had people come and say to me that, so this is what I think I heard. Like, did you think, are you thinking you heard it or did you hear it? In fact, there's another dimension to that, which is, I've never heard God. Why? Because I'm expecting to hear a thou art Wrong, my son. My son, my son. So in our minds, we've never heard God. We've never heard the Holy Spirit impress anything on our hearts. We're just yeah. like, nope. Because that cannot be me. I mean, that's just me speaking to me, you yeah. know. It's like when, when you feel like the Holy Spirit used a type of word. Like, ah, hold up. That is so not God, you know. The other so. thing to notice is this. Is that God is not going to come and speak to you in another person's voice. God will speak to you in your own voice. As a matter of fact, it will sound like it's you talking to yourself. But there are ways to check if it is really God speaking to you or if it is you speaking to yourself. And that is one of the things that I've learned in my own experiences that typically when God is speaking to me, it doesn't come... I know it's not me that's talking to myself because it is typically more wise, wiser or smarter or you know, way, way more informed than my own natural thinking. So I hear it with clarity, with precision, with accuracy, um, with wisdom, and I know that they might be smart, but you know smart rich. Do you understand? That's typically how I hear the voice of God. Absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing that. So um, I would like us to just very quickly speak to why we need divine direction. I mean, aside from the craziness of the world, um, why do we need to be divinely led by God? Why do we need to um, submit to his leading, to the leading of the Holy Spirit? And one of the things that I, I would like to highlight at this point, well, a, a bedrock for every other answer that we will give is this. You by yourself cannot fully figure out your complex life. That's the reality. We wish we could, but the reality is we cannot. The complexities of your life, you cannot fully figure them out. And so you need that extra, that you need, you, you need that divine assistance. Again, we recognize as God's children that the life we have been given, the phrase that came to mind is borrowed time. 
but it really isn't yours. And so if you have been handed this resource, there's got to be a specification, there's got to be a model, and there's got to be a purpose for the life you have been given. And so to be able to fully figure it out, you need to walk in tandem with the one who has given it to you, and he has made available his spirit to guide us, to lead us, um, and to hold us by the hand as we go through life. So, again, we're trying to make this as practical as possible because we know there's a way you can, we can talk about being divinely led. We put you a whole message here, and you struggle to find yourself in the message. So we would use examples quite a bit. But before I go into this personal example, when you reference the story of Adam and Eve, another example that came to mind in Scripture is the story of David. So here, Adam heard God because God asked a very specific question, and God showed up on the scene. But there was someone else, because I find that with us, we always feel like, I've missed God. Yeah, of course, when you sing, you, you definitely missed him. But when we sing, we believe that the, the heavens are shut over our lives, and we cannot um, hear God anymore. I don't know whether David was in a similar situation because clearly it was only David that did not think there was anything wrong with what he did with Bathsheba and Uriah. But Nathan showed up on the scene. God had to ask a Nathan to show up. Again, showing us how mindful he is of us. Even when we fall, Nathan showed up on the scene, told David a parable. He still didn't get it. That shows how so very blind we can be yeah. where sin is involved. David still did not get, in fact, David was, there was a righteous anger that welled up within him, strangely, yeah. about the story that Nathan, the prophet, told him, without knowing that it was exactly speaking to his own life. So, God, we are God's children, and it's his prerogative. See, God is not excited when we, when we fall. He's not looking to step on us and destroy us when we make a mistake. He wants to restore us, and he will do every. He will pull out all the stops. He will do everything, and he will send people to you. He will try and speak to you. If you're not hearing, he will send people to you. He will, in fact, I find that even in the random things, you might watch a TV show that you hear something, and it's like they're coming for you, like very clearly. You know that word, even that thing that Steven Spielberg put together in that movie, speaking to you. God would use everything to get your attention and to speak to you. So, speaking about um, why we need to be led and all that, I want to share a personal um, stuff that happened to me at NYSC. Yes. So, after passing out parade, no, now when I was going to serve, let me start from there. When I was going to serve, I wasn't very sure what I was going to do. I um, studied English language and literature. So, very basic, very general, um, first degree. And in my mind, I'm like, well teaching, or what, what, what. Now, the plan was this. I would go and do a second degree in international law, so which was why the first degree was fine. Um, but at the point of going into youth service, I had asked myself, oh, what are the options? We had some of these, like, mentors, people who had gone ahead of us in the faculty who we still had, like, very solid relationships with. And one of them happened to have gone into banking, and I was so impressed. I'm like, oh, if he can do it, I can do it. That was really where the idea of banking came to be. Now, sometimes your, your intent and your purpose may just be as, as um, what's the word now? Simple as that. You know, there is really nothing um, dramatic that is driving a purpose or an intent. But it just, it connects with your heart. And you decide to follow that path. So that was it for me when it came to banking. And by the time we got to camp, NYC camp and all that, I had an opportunity to apply to the same bank that he did. And there began my journey of craziness for the, like three months after passing out um, from camp. Is that thing called passing out? Yeah. You know that thing you do after two weeks of being in camp? Passing out? What's, what's it called? Yes, just camp. After you go to camp for like two weeks... Deployment. Deployment. They had it. Deploy to your place of primary you just assignment. Just finished your own yeah, Sorry. Right. Anyway, we went to... So I was, I was posted to a, a primary school, a secondary school, somewhere really far. I went there. Not very happy, I, I promise you. I won't even lie on, be on the stage and tell you a lie that I, I was excited to go and shape the lives of young people. Not at all. Because when I got... As, in fact, as I was getting to the community, 
And as I began to journey into the school, I just became more and more depressed. Because the school is in the middle of nowhere, surrounded by bush. I was like, how am I going to survive here? But as I get in, we meet the principal, myself and my best friend. We meet the principal. I was like, oh, I don't have accommodation for you. I can't take you. Blah, 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 blah. And he rejects us, signs our papers, and says he can, he can have us. I was very happy. Thank you. Like, you didn't even make this, because I was already dealing with the guilt of, all oh, their children's lives to be shaped. You know, it's not, it, this is an opportunity to serve. I was dealing with that guilt already. So when the man said there's no space, I didn't even try and appeal to say, we'll make it work. I just took my letter and left. And for me, that was a sign of, now I can fully pursue banking. I went ahead, said, oh, go to the particular, there was a branch in that state. I went to the first branch there, said, oh, you have to go to head office to write the test. Went to head office, and then from there wrote the test, and I went to all the branches, because I was then told I needed to go and find a space for myself. So went to all the branches in Southwest to get a space. My colleagues had been deployed and all that, and here was I engaging with NYC up and down. I'd done three months, didn't have a place of primary assignment. I don't know how easy it is now, but then, you are threatened with, after three months, and you still don't have, they will be, you will be recognized as not having served and all that stuff. By the time I finally found a space in Abel Kuta, the director of, I don't know what they call, the director of NYC for that particular state refused to post me there because he had sent his own candidates and the bank rejected them. I got to know that they had written tests and they did not pass. So instead of allowing anybody to go to that bank, he had denied every opportunity. In fact, I remember one day I went in, knelt down, begged this man, the way he kicked me out of his office. I was on this journey for three months, and then on this fateful day, by the time I had been threatened that if I didn't have a place, I was going to be asked to, I don't know, withdraw from the program or whatever. I don't know what they do, but just you can't serve for that year. You have to wait till the next year. So my friend, myself and my best friend, I mean, there's a lot in between there, like how we enjoyed favor and just different things. We suffered. But one night we were sleeping, and that was the night where we needed to go and be redeployed to Lagos. So I didn't want to take the option of you'll be paying somebody and then you'll be Lagos just living your life. Because I just thought it wasn't truthful. I, I thought it wasn't honest. I believed it wasn't honest. Let me not try and quote it. And so I didn't want that. But it looks like that was what we were left with. If you don't find a place, then go to Lagos. So we had met someone in government who said, oh, I have a small business that I'm running, but I really don't need you guys to do much. Maybe once in a while you help me write articles and whatever. You can go to Lagos and go and sort yourselves out. So I'll give you a letter. And so we did that. Uh, well, we were going to do that, but the night before, I was really very unhappy because I thought that you know, God and I were in tandem with this plan. Like, I didn't ask him, I'm being honest now, I didn't ask him, oh, should I do banking or not? But I just thought the way he sort of has orchestrated the whole banking thing, the way I got the information and all that, like, he wanted it for me. So I was very confused. And so that night, I decided to just worship. And so all night, I, I, I worshipped literally for like six hours, just in that moment. I mean, I, it started off as, oh, God, I'm, my heart is really heavy, I'm really very sad because I know you don't offer confusion, but I feel like I've been confused in the last three months of my life and it's not making any sense. And so from that emotion, I, I, I mean, I cried, worshipped, cried, and I just began to, I moved from that phase. The longer you spend in God's presence, the more your burdens seem inconsequential, to be honest. And I was just overwhelmed with his love for me and you know, he's the, the magnitude of God over and above the issue that I was dealing with. And I was just lost in his presence. My friend woke up and joined me. Before I knew it, all the other occupants in the house had woken up in their different rooms and had began to worship as well. By the time I was done worshiping, I did not have an answer, but I was in a better place. I was at peace. And so I said to my friend, you know what, before we go out of this town, the guys at that particular branch where we always go and sit. I just felt the impression that let's go and say thank you to them. That morning we got up and we went to the branch to say thank you to everyone who had been nice to us. Some of those guys had bought us food at some point when we were like super broke and all that. And as we got there, 
the branch manager of the location says, oh my God, I've been looking for you guys. I realized that I didn't have your phone numbers. What happened? The zonal or the regional director who had been, I mean, they had said, oh, if you can find him, he, will, he might be able to speak to NYC, whatever, whatever. We've never been able to see this man in three months. All of a sudden was around and was asking to see us. And so we show up in his office and he's like, oh, I've heard so much about, the, about you girls. You are the ones from Lagos, blah, blah, blah. Okay, we're starting new product lines in the bank and we're deploying it in Ogun State region and I'd like for the both of you to manage it. So we chuckled when he said, I was like, sir, the issue is not the bank. We've been, we are already members or staff of the bank over three months ago. The issue is NYC. NYC says they are not posting us here, he said NYC. So he called the name of the director, that guy. Don't worry, start off, they'll bring your letter to you here. Guys, this was a Friday, yeah? So we said, oh, when do we resume? He says, Monday. I need you guys to resume here Monday. We start our <laughs> team meetings at 7 a.m. And that was it. NYC brought us our letter to the bank, like they brought it to us. So I don't know what it is, but I realized that God indeed, did, he had a plan. Sometimes it looks like it's taking its time. The manifestation is taking a, a long time. Sometimes it looks like we're either not patient enough because it's possible God has been speaking and I was just too involved in the issue to hear very clearly. But that night, when I set aside the gravity of the issues I was dealing with and focused on him, I knew what to do. Imagine if I had been so overwhelmed and I had gone to Lagos really sad and depressed. I would have missed an opportunity. to. The job was waiting. The job had been waiting in the last three months. In fact, from the very first day I set my feet on that uh, NYC camp, the job had been waiting for me. But being in the right place at the right time, if I had not heard clearly from the Holy Spirit to go and say thank you, again, the importance of, you know, I don't know <laughs> what to call that, but you get just being appreciative. Just let's go say thank you. And it came in the very, it seemed like it was my mind, just saying, oh, go and say thank you to the guys who had been very nice to you while you guys were here. It wasn't a deep voice, guys. It was just, it, and it, it did not seem like a divine instruction at the time. But clearly it was. Because if we had not gone with that mind to say, if God had said to us, again, maybe he would deal with you at the level at which you are. Maybe if the Holy Spirit had said to me, so I need you guys to go to the bank now, I would have argued. There's a high likelihood, because I, I argue a lot. I would have said to him, but they don't want us there. NYC says, what, what am I going there to do? Maybe I would not have been as obedient as Abraham to get up and go. But he spoke, he sold me the idea in a way that it made sense to me, which is, well, go and say thank you to the guys there and see how that day, our job, we got it effortlessly. All the things we had been labeled. If we had known that that was how the matter would end, would we not have been chilling? <laughs> we would have been chilling. So guys, I cannot overemphasize the importance of being divinely led by the Spirit of God. I want you to talk through the other points on how we can be led, please. Right. So how we can be led. Um, so... First of all, I want to just say this very quickly. Like like Bidovis was saying, there are a few things that will that can affect your ability to be divinely led by God. And I want to quickly just state them out. So I was thinking about, oh, I, can't, I remember how Bidovis had given us a couple of acronyms before. So I was thinking, oh, nice acronym just to make it sound sweet. So I've come up with my acronym, which is DRIP, D-R-I-P. And then there's, yeah, yeah, thank you very much. I, I didn't study English and literature, but I went to school. Thank you so much. But the, the D is distraction. For a lot of us, the, like she was saying, God is speaking to us, but because of all the things that we are going through in life, we cannot, we cannot distill the voice of God. So, for instance, I imagine that it was not the day she worshipped that God had told her that I have your issue sorted out. But she was so encumbered with, like she was saying, all the different branches in the southwest of Lagos, she had gone to go and meet them. Sometimes... The yeah, sometimes the distractions we are going through, the day that God wants to speak to you, that's the day that your Instagram buddies will start chatting you up. That's the day that the girl that you, didn't speak, you haven't spoken to for three months, that you know you like her, but she, she will not, that's the day she'll reach out to you. Or that's the day that it will start raining. Every single thing in your, your, from, your, from the front door of your house, flood. From, as soon as you enter a car, the car will enter water. Everything will be designed to distract you from hearing the voice of God. That's the first thing. The second thing is recognition. That's R. Sometimes God is speaking and we can't hear it. A classic example in the Bible is Nehemiah. Nehemiah is sick. He has boils all over his body. His uh, housemaid comes to come and tell him that, oh God, there's one guy, and 
if it was any of us here, if your housemate should come, Adamu should come and meet you, your gate man, or God, why don't you pump your tires? My friend, what do you mean? This is my car, my G-Wagon, he has sensor inside. The sensor will tell me that I should pump my tire. It's the day that Adamu comes to tell you what God said. You cannot hear it. That's the day that your tire will bust on the road. But that's what happens for a lot of us. Yeah. God is speaking and we can't recognize it. And they're just that recognition problem is because we expect God to speak in a particular in a way, way, just a specific way. And that we happens. Kind of put him, we put him in a box. Yeah. Yeah. We put him in a box. Please go ahead. That happens with someone like Elijah. Elijah, he's at this point in his life. You know, the voice comes in a thunder. If you, in fact, if it was any of us here, the minute you see thunder, you say, Ah, oh God, you are talking to me. Or you mean you see fire, ah, uh-uh, no, 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 that's you. We know God to speak in certain ways, so we expect that. But there are times when God is coming to speak to you in a still, small voice. So again, how do you recognize the voice of God? What did I say? D-R-I, what's I? Immaturity. Immaturity. These are my fans. Immaturity. God is speaking to you, and when he's talking to you, some of us, we are so immature. God speaks to us and we say, yeah, 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 yeah. God says, Dimladi, go and do this. And you say, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> because you have not, like BWS was saying, you have not exercised yourself in hearing the voice of God yeah. and obeying. Remember what she said? It is those who are led by the Spirit of God. The problem, God, God is talking to you. The problem is you are, not, you are refusing to be led. I can be saying to you, come now, come, let me take you, let me take you. You are hearing my voice, but you say, yeah, 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 yeah. Come here. That's immaturity. It's a big problem. And then the last thing is position. God can be speaking to you, but your ear is turned in the wrong direction. It's like an antenna. The fact that there's always radio is, uh, cool FM is always playing. Yeah. But if your antenna is not turned in direction, that, and I remember when we were growing up, we had those TVs. They say, turn it, turn it. Is it clear? Yeah. Is it clear? No, it's not clear. Turn it. For a lot of us, our ears are turned to what the world is saying. Yep. We are so in tune with every single trend that's going yes. on in the world that we cannot position ourselves to hear the voice of God. When it's not, when, let me give you a classic example. Everybody's going to Canada. So you, you first, you, you, you do IELTS. You will go to the Canadian clinic. You will fill paper. You will see your. You will do everything. Then you will. After you submitted all your paper, you now say, "God, lead me." Who are? No, 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 no. It is if it is your will. Let if it, it is your will, let's If it is your will, let's have it. If it is your if will, let me wear will, a red shirt to me. church and sit beside me. If it is your will. You have not positioned yourself to hear God, but you are expecting that God come and meet me where I am and talk to me. It doesn't work that way. Yes. The last thing I want to say. The last thing I want to say is this. So I've said drip. My last one, I didn't know how to put it inside the kidneys. F. Full-blown... Drip F. Drip F. Full-blown disobedience. There are some of us, and I said this to Pastor Busola, there are some of us who God is speaking to us. We take it as a thing of pride that we are fighting God. So you hear some people, spiritual, oh, you know, God and I, we've been, we've been working on this issue for the last six months. You know, God has been talking to me, but, you know, things are just, you know, so God, God and I, we are working on it. It's like, um, give me some Is he your mate? You know, but that's familiarity. It's like, give me some God said to her in January, leave your job. She said, but God, but God, but God. It's until me. For some of us, God has to come and knock us on the head. But I've been telling you this thing, for, and that happened to me. God had given me an instruction to leave my job. I said, ah, but God, for why? You know, a spiritual man like me. He knocks me on the head. I'm still receiving the repercussions of that knock till now. So sometimes it is one of those five things. And it's, I, it's important for you to be able to identify which one of them are you working in. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, a scripture says in Matthew 15, 14, as we wrap up now, it says, let them alone. They are blind leaders of the blind. And if the blind leads the blind, both will fall into a ditch. Again, just remembering that God loves us and he's mindful of us. He's always speaking. The question is, are you listening? Are you positioning yourself to listen? Are you training your spirit to recognize how he speaks to you? If you can't hear God in the little things, you definitely, it's very easy to miss him in the big things. Yes, your emotions can come into play. Sometimes your humaneness come into play when it comes to decision making. But they that are led by the spirit are sons. So how are you positioning as a son? How are you growing as a son? We finished 21-day fast. That doesn't mean to hang your boots and be done for the year. How are you spending time seeking his face, listening for his voice? What are you feeding your spirit with? 
Because what we did in the last 21 days was to feed our spirit. Are you still continuing that? Or your, your spirit is now fat now and just <laughs> obese and just chilling? No. The more you grow your human spirit, the less the flesh has capacity to mislead you and to, to, to take you off in the wrong direction. But when you continue with the trends of the world, with popular culture, with this is how they are doing it, so let me follow and do, you are growing and enabling your flesh and your spirit man becomes leaner and, and leaner and leaner till he becomes completely deaf and blind. So, again, we are sheep, we are not goats. Sheep live a surrendered life. So to be God-led is to be a, a surrendered individual, to completely surrender to his will. And we'll just wrap up on that with a confession from Psalm 23. It's a Psalm of David, very popular Psalm. So we'll take it together. Yeah, I'll read it and um, we'll, we'll just make a declaration out of it. The Lord is my shepherd. So I'll read it and then you repeat after me. It's a declaration of faith. We've started praying, guys, we're done. Or does anybody have a question? One question. Do we have time for one question, Daniel? Okay, no, we don't. One question. Anybody? Yeah, please give him a microphone. We have someone up here. Please come forward, sir. Come. Thank you. Please put your hands together for him. So I wanted to ask um, that are there times when God just shuts down on you? Because there were times in my life where I felt like, you know, God will intentionally just shut down on you. I mean, you're expecting him to say something, but he's allowing you to go through stuff. And he knows he has to say something, but he will just go silent because he wants you to go through it. All right, okay. let's go ahead and Let me I'll take a stab at this. The answer to that is no. Um, I think part of the reason why for a lot of us we don't hear the voice of God is because we actually learn, we've come to not trust God as a person. This romance that we read, it says to us, because we know that we are sons of God, we can be fully assured of the fact that we hear the voice of God. God, it is not in God's interest to keep quiet because the Bible tells us that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. You only live because God is speaking. And if God were to shut up, you would not be here. As a matter of fact, none of us would be here because we are sustained by the word that comes out of his mouth. Now, it's like I said, you might not be in a position to hear the voice of God. And so you have to start to figure out yourself, where am I making the mistake? Am I distracted? Am I in the wrong position? Am I not growing to the level that I should grow? Or am I, what was the last one? Um, are, am I not recognizing the voice of God very well? The other thing that I wanted to say is that you need to trust in the character of God. God is not a wicked God. God is not like our fathers and our mothers who, when you offend them, they will not keep quiet. When you offend them, they will decide that that's it. They're not going to give you your present. God is not like that. It is not in his nature to, 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 to keep himself from his children. So when you find yourself in a situation where you are not hearing the voice of God, or it feels like God has closed himself up to you, ask yourself, where did I go wrong? Even in sin, the Bible says that God came down from heaven and spoke to Adam. He came in the cool of the day to come and be with them. So start to ask yourself, God is never wrong. God will never fail. God will never change. That's why we call him unchanging changer. It's a Nigerian thing, but whatever. Ask yourself, where have I changed? And what can I do to realign myself to the voice of God? It's like a radio. What can I do to change my, my, my radio channel back to Cool FM? So God and I are cool and walking in the cool of the day. Amen. Thank you so much for that, Demi Ladi. Fantastic. So, um... Let me just add to that as well, because there's a way we might think that um, it's impossible for, how do I put this now? So your question was, does he, I want to address the point of intentionally shutting down. Yeah, because again, part of the reasons why we encourage that we sit with scripture is we find antecedents that we can 
hold on to. We see how God speaks with others, how he's spoken to other people in times past, right? So perhaps you're even in the room or listening online and you have personally just struggled with how God is speaking with you. You can check out how he's spoken and how he's handled. See, there's nothing you're dealing with that there's no variant of it that people have dealt with in scripture, yeah? So I'm reminded of the example of Balak. Now, when we sometimes feel, and just everything he has said, when we sometimes feel like God isn't speaking or God is quiet, it's either we're not positioned to hear properly just as he said or we're unable to recognize his voice. But even in the silence or the perceived silence, he's speaking, he has spoken, yeah? Look at Balak and Balaam. Balaam came and outsourced um, sorcery or whatever to, or cursing of the children of Israel to Balak. Balak asked God, what was God's first response to him? Anybody? God's first response to him was not to go. In fact, he asked him, who are those people? That was what God asked him, who are those people? And Balak explained to God what they had come for. And his first instruction to him was not to go. Balak went and asked God again. He asked God like this same question. After God had spoken, he asked him like three times. And that's like us. God already has made his position clear. Then God said, yeah, but go. As he was going, an angel of death was there ready to strike him. Because sometimes when nasty things happen to us, it's not because God has not spoken no. In fact, what we enjoy, that we are alive to tell the story, is that we have enjoyed his mercy. It is his mercy that has preserved us. But oftentimes, we don't position to listen. Or we feel the answer is not what we want. And so we go in the strength of our own desires. And we need to be very careful. So, Balak... The donkey, God opened the donkey's mouth to speak. That's an extreme situation. But sometimes, some of us, when we position and we say, God, it is, it is, if it's your will, if it, it, just help me, is we are expecting those donkey speaking moments. Or we are expecting the whale swallowing moments. Or we are expecting the burning bush type experience. But God is always speaking. And he spoke from the very first time, which is, but you still go ahead and ask God three, four times. And he indulges us, amazingly. I, as a mother, if you've asked me a question twice, three times, I would just be quiet. But God still went ahead and answered this guy. Eventually, he said, okay, let me let you into your own. You want to go, because clearly that's your intention. So go. And he went on the strength of that God's shangri answer that he took with him. So sometimes you may not, you may feel like God is quiet, but I promise you, even in the silence, he's speaking. Now, if it is something that is for character development, you would know. How you would know is that he will give you peace as you go through. He would energize you. He will strengthen you to be able to go through. When it was the children of Israel to spend a certain number of years in, in, um, in captivity, out of disobedience or whatever, but he had first mentioned it to Abraham. Now, I don't know if that was ever documented for the children of Israel to have seen. Perhaps not. But the information had already gone ahead of them that they will suffer for this length of time before they come into their, you know, into the promised land. Sometimes for us, again, there is always a purpose. Whether God is taking you through a process, it is, there is a purpose attached to it. There is the prison experience, there is the pit experience before the prime minister experience. And God will not have you shame him or shame yourself. And so he would permit you to go through. Where it is an evil oppression, you will know. Again, you are led, and so you will know by his spirit that this one is the works of men. It is men at work here trying to mess, mess you up. And so you'll be led to take the right action and the right. But again, fundamentally, it is training your human spirit to be able to hear very clearly what God is saying per time. Okay? All right, so let's, um, let's wrap up with the confession from Psalm 23. Once you go, okay, I said I will read it and then we'll take it after, yeah? The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. You need to declare this like you believe it, indeed, okay, that God is your shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest. In green meadows, he leads me beside powerful, peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths 
bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely, your goodness and unfailing love and your mercy will pursue me all the days of my life and I will live in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. Would you go ahead and just give God thanks and declare over yourself that you are divinely led by His Spirit in this season. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Father, we thank you. We give you all praise. We thank you because we have been opened up into new dimensions of intimacy with you. That by reason of the declarations that we have made today, we acknowledge you as our shepherd. We acknowledge you as our father. We acknowledge you as our guide. We acknowledge you as our guardian God. We acknowledge you as our instructor. And we say, Lord, that we will live surrendered lives in the name of Jesus. We will completely submit to your will and to your way in the name of Jesus. No longer shall partial disobedience be our nature. We partner with you, Holy Spirit, that every day of the rest of this year and beyond, our ears are open to hear clearly, our eyes are open to see your will, and we fully embrace your counsel. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen and amen. God bless you all. Thank you so much for being in service today. We continue the teaching next week, so you don't want to miss it. Thank you for listening to a message from the LifePoint Church. To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash LifePointNG.